a masterclass in installing and deleting habits. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Something for Everybody, the podcast to help those who listen feel more loved and connected through story sharing. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and today's episode is a solo episode all about habits. Habits, habits, habits. And please refer to episode 218, which is all about goals before you listen to this episode because it will prime you for what you will learn and understand in this episode, which again is all about habits. And in other news, this podcast is brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company and I use their products every single day. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes, scroll through all of their products and see which ones might work best for you and your wellness needs. Then once you get to checkout, use code everybody for $10 off your entire order. Now, on to episode 220 of Something for Everybody. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Something for Everybody. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and today is a solo episode of the podcast where I will be discussing habit, habit formation. Really, this is a masterclass on building habits that will actually change your life. Now, before we get started, it's very important that you listened or watched episode 218 of the podcast. This is 220. Episode 218 covered goals and targets, and that's really a foundational piece for what we're gonna cover today because in that episode, we discussed what do you really want? We discussed finding how to find, excuse me, your massive transformative purpose. We discussed understanding your core values and your personal philosophy and really diving deep on super high level, massive transformative purpose and drilling down to uh, hard goals, daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals. But really what I like to call them is these daily targets and daily targets can be synthesized into the choices you make daily and the choices you make daily can be drilled down into your habits, which is what we will be really going over today. So really refer to that episode, which is 218. That episode builds to this one, which is episode 220. That's on goals. This is on habits. And really, I like to all call it about the targets we're hitting daily, the targets that are fully under our control, because that's really what we want to focus on, the things that are fully in our control, and that's what we're gonna go over today, how to delete and install the best kind of habits to actively change your life. So let's freaking get going, baby. Name someone truly great without self-discipline. Freedom requires discipline. Discipline gives us freedom. Freedom and greatness. Your destiny is there. Will you grab the reins. It's a perfect way to start. You will never change your life until you change something you do daily. That means developing great habits. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishments. And that bridge must be crossed every single day. Over time, daily crossing becomes a habit. And ultimately, people do not decide their future. They decide their habits and their habits decide their future. Really listen to that. People do not decide their future. They decide their habits and their habits decide their future. And so when we look at our life and look at our habits and our choices, we are not the problem. Our approach 
our process, our system to change is. It's a design flaw, not a personal flaw, which gives us so much agency over our decisions, right? It's not that we're flawed or broken, it's that we don't have the right systems or protocols in place to enact the change that we want to decide our future via our habits. So if you're having trouble changing your habits, the problem isn't you, the problem is your system. Bad habits repeat themselves again and again, not because you don't want to change, but because you have the wrong system for change. You don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Those are insights from James Clear and the Atomic Habits, which is probably the number one book ever written on habit formation. There's a few other ones that I like um, that are referenced in this episode, but obviously that's a very, very, very popular one, and there's some really insightful um wisdom in there that can be used obviously to transform your life. And so it's really easy to overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimate the value of making small improvements on a daily basis. Improving just 1% isn't super noticeable. Sometimes it isn't even noticeable at all. Um, You know, but it's not particularly notable and it's not particularly noticeable, right? Those are two different, notable and noticeable, right? But we're trying to improve 1% every day. But improving 1% every day can be far more meaningful, especially in the long run. The difference of a tiny improvement can make over time is astounding, compound and compound and compound and compound. Habits are the compound interest of self-improvement, the same way that money multiplies through compound interest, the effects of your habits multiply as you repeat them. They seem to make a little difference on any given day, right? Not particularly notable or noticeable. They seem to make little difference on any given day, yet the impact they deliver over months and years can be enormous, can be astounding. It is only when looking back to five or perhaps 10 years later that the value of good habits and the cost of bad ones can become strikingly apparent. That's very, very important. And it leads me to this idea of willpower. Willpower, we wanna buy our willpower at the store and we're gonna sort of go over what that means in in terms of behavior change. But our willpower is this idea of self-control and this idea of self-control leads into self-discipline. And self-control is that we have enough space to make the appropriate decisions. And there's three levels that we're going to talk about of of, uh, three disciplines of self-mastery that we're going to talk about. But being able to have self-control, I think an important piece of that, an important piece of willpower is our fundamentals. Now, if you've listened to any episode of this podcast, you know that I always talk about these four things because these are our fundamentals, these are the most important things we can think about. This is where we buy our willpower at the store. We make pre-commitments to do these things. What is buy our willpower at the store? It means that if I know that I have an inclination to eat a bag of candy after I have dinner, well, when I go to the store to get groceries, I'm not gonna buy that candy. So when, I, when I'm done with dinner, I just have to sort of sit in this self-control. I have to rely on my discipline not to do it. And now I've put a lot of friction between me and the thing that I want to do that I know is not good for me. I would have to get up in my car, drive to the store, buy it, drive back, and then eat it. So I'm buying my willpower at the store to 
because willpower is finite. It does deplete and we can increase those energy levels of willpower and this idea of self-control through that idea of buying our willpower at the store or making these really bright lines, making these pre-commitments to who we want to be and how we can embody the best version of ourselves. And part of being able to have really clarity of mind, strong energy, deep love, deep work, all of these very important things is eating, moving, sleeping, and thinking well, right? If we have the fundamentals locked in, if we are brilliant at the basics, then we're sleeping well, we're eating well, we're moving well, and we're thinking well, which means we are in the right state of mind to deploy our willpower, to have self-control, to cross the bridge of discipline every single day. Now, some days are going to be different than others, but if we start to become this person who does things no matter how they feel, excuse me, I had a hair on my, but anyways, <laughs> um, not important. Uh, if we become this person who does the things they say they're going to do, who's built this reputation within themselves, this self-trust. We talked a lot about self-trust in the goals episode. Self-trust and self-talk lead to confidence. Confidence is the inherent trust in oneself, right? That's how you build anti-fragile confidence because you intensely trust yourself to go out and do hard things or go out and do anything really. And so if we're eating, moving, sleeping, and thinking well on a regular basis, that means we have the clarity of mind, the energy, and the willpower to deploy our self-control and deploy our self-discipline when we need it the most, when we feel like not doing it, when we feel like laying down or we feel like resting. You know, there's a difference here what I'm talking about. Actual resting, I'm saying rest and recovery is amazing for you, but being lazy and not getting the thing we need to get done, that's different than rest and recovery. Rest and recovery is a crucial part of the work. That's why every time I talk about the fundamentals, I talk about sleeping well, really dialing in on our sleep because that gives us the energy to go to full capacity every single day, as well as eating the right food moving daily and thinking well with a gratitude optimism practice like that with a meditation practice with a breathing practice things of that nature and so that's really how you can buy your willpower at the store is focusing on the fundamentals being brilliant at the basics of eating well moving well sleeping well and thinking well and then you can think about three different questions you want to start to to process as we start to dive deeper into habit formation and behavior change. You want to think about one thing you want to start doing, like you know inherently this thing is probably good for you, let's start doing it. One thing you want to stop doing and one thing you want to continue doing. We'll start with continue. The, the good thing that you're doing, the thing that's good for you, the strategy, the protocol, the habit that you're doing most days that you know is good for you and has been good for you, continue doing that and give yourself a pat on the back for that and say, that's like me. That's like me to take care of myself. That's like me to prioritize my well-being. The number one way to uh, make improve your life is to stop doing the things that make you feel like shit. We can't stop everything all at once, but we can choose one thing to stop. So there's... One thing you want to continue doing, that's celebrating that win. One thing you want to stop doing, you know it's making you feel like shit, but you're having a hard time doing it. You're making a commitment to stop doing that thing, and then you're replacing it with one thing you want to start doing. So think about those three questions as we start to dive deeper into really behavior change and habit formation. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about the three disciplines of self-mastery, which is structural discipline, reactive discipline, and expansive discipline. Structural discipline is, is like it sounds, right? You're building the structure of who you are as a human being. So you want to ask yourself these very important questions if you're building the structural discipline of who you want to be, right? Who are you at your absolute best? 
write it down. You have to know so you can try and act like it. You can continue to embody it. You can become the person you know is your absolute best because that's your structure, right? What virtues do you embody? Are you kind, honest, hopeful, grateful, resilient, zesty, consistent, honest, right? What what virtues do you actually want to embody that that are part of your foundation, that are part of your structure? And then last, what do you actually do on a daily basis to continue to enhance that absolute best version of you and to embody those virtues. That's your structural discipline. When we have structural discipline, we dominate that protocol. We recommit to being our best selves in the morning every single day. Then we hit targets that are in our control all day, every day, that are in our control, right? And so it'll be really hard to have a series of bad days when we do that, right? Your highs will be higher and your lows will be higher and you have earned the trust in yourself, which is confidence, to know if you can handle whatever life throws at you, which means obstacles make me stronger. So your structural discipline is like the foundation of a building. Wind isn't gonna knock it over. Nothing is gonna knock you down because you've built the structural discipline to know exactly who you are. This is how you forge anti-fragile confidence by executing your protocols via your structural discipline. Such a cool concept. The second discipline is reactive discipline. Uh, Self-explanatory is like, is what it sounds like, right? Something triggers you, boom, reactive. Can you step in between the stimulus and your normal sort of suboptimal response with discipline to choose a better response with discipline to choose a better response. That's reactive discipline. So there's a space always between the stimulus and the response. That's why breath is so important. We could take a deep breath between that stimulus and our response so we can choose discipline for a better response. That's reactive discipline. Then we have expansive discipline. This is both, this is both the most important and the hardest of the three. Every single moment we have a choice. Every single moment we have a choice. We step forward into growth or back into safety. Step forward into growth or back into safety. If you want to live our most awesome life and have a shot at experiencing all that we're capable of being, when we feel even a little bit of fear, we must consistently choose to expand, to expand, to expand. We need to make that expansion a discipline of itself. That's expansive discipline. So again, you have those three disciplines of self-mastery, structural, reactive, and expansive discipline. And what do we say at the top? No one, um, I mean, name someone truly great without self-discipline. Now you know the three disciplines of self-mastery. You know a little bit about willpower and things of that nature. You've listened to the goals episode. So you figured out what you want, who you really are, your core values, your purpose, all of those things, or at least you're working on it consistently through your journaling practice or your meditative practice or working with a coach or whatever the case may be. So you have all this information, but the most important piece will always be action. So you have to put it into practice. You have to see what works for you and how it works for you. Then you have to review, iterate, change, and execute. So things compound over time, like we talked about. And so let's get right into behavior change. So understand this equation. B equals MAP. What does that mean? So B stands for behavior. Behavior happens when motivation, ability, and prompt converge at the same moment. 
Want to understand why we do any and everything? Well, we need to understand this simple formula. B equals MAP. Behavior is a function of our motivation plus our ability plus the prompt. So BJ Fogg wrote a great book where he explains all this in depth. And BJ Fogg tells us a behavior happens when the three elements of map, motivation, ability, and prompt come together at the same moment, at the same moment. So motivation is your desire to do that behavior. Ability is your capacity to do that behavior. And prompt is your cue to do that behavior. So when you're thinking about a behavior you want to start or stop, you have to think about these three things. What is the motivation? What is my ability? And what is the prompt? And then you want to anchor these things to the anatomy of the tiny habit, right? BJ Fogg wrote the book, Tiny Habits, and he talks about the anatomy of a tiny habits because over and over and over again, we think habits need to be these big, profound, large changes when really we want to make our habits too small to fail. I've said that over and over and over again. It's one of my favorite insights that I've learned over the last couple of years studying this information, working with the athletes and the people that I do is that you got to make your habits excuse me, too small to fail, too small to fail. And the anatomy of those tiny habits is this right here. Number one is an anchor moment, an anchor moment, right? An existing routine, simply like brushing your teeth or an event that happens like the phone ringing or getting a text, right? The anchor moment reminds you to do this new tiny, tiny behavior. So this isn't this, this too small to fail. This thing isn't just happening out of the blue. You're anchoring it. You're attaching it to something that you already do. Again, if we're thinking about, we want to take more deep breaths. Okay. Well, I go to the bathroom every day. So anytime I go to the bathroom, I will then take one mindful breath. You're anchoring that to an existing routine. You're going to go to the bathroom or you're going to walk through a door, right? Anchor it to that. Every time I walk through a door, I do one push up. These are habits are too small to fail and you're anchoring them to a moment. And then you, you add the new tiny behavior, which is number two, a simple version of the new habit you want, such as flushing one tooth or doing two push-ups or one push-up. You do the tiny behavior immediately after the anchor moment. This is what I'm saying. This is what I just said, right? Too small to fail, okay? Every time I walk through the door, I take a mindful breath. Every time I go to the bathroom, I do one push-up. These are tiny micro habits that are too small to fail and they compound an interest over time. You wanna make them so small that it's impossible for you not to do them. And it's not weak or lame or weird. It's like, this is it. This is the starting point because we're thinking about over the long term. We're not thinking about tomorrow. We're thinking about how can my life be differently in 5, 10, 15 years? That's why it's so important to refer to episode 218 and do those exercises we talked about because you have more deeper thinking on who you are, what you really want, and your core values. Now you know that once you change your habits, that you decide your future and you can see yourself envisioning a better life, which is 5, 10 years down the road because you're starting with these habits that are too small to fail. And then number three is instant celebration. Something you can do to create positive emotions saying, such as saying, I did a good job. You celebrate immediately after doing the new tiny behavior. One of the things that I love is saying that's like me. That's like me. That's like me. That's positive reinforcement right in the moment. I usually do a fist bump and a pat on the back and say that's like me. That's like me to 
do my tiny behavior. That's like me to do one push up. That's like me to take mindful breath. That's like me to stick to my routine. That's like me. That's like me. That is instant celebration saying I'm, I'm that type of person who does that. I'm the type of person who made a pre-commitment and stuck to my word and did the thing I said I was going to do. That's like me. You reinforce that behavior and that behavior then gets repeated. So you have anchor behavior celebration, right? If you're really thinking about the anatomy of a tiny habit and how to really change, if you understand B equals MAP, behavior equals motivation, ability, prompt, then you can say, okay, now I have anchor behavior celebration, right? Beautiful, because anchor behavior celebration, you know the uh, equation for behavior, you know how to celebrate, and you know how to anchor it to the pre-existing routine, right? You wanna make it really easy to win, you wanna make it really easy to win. Anchor that behavior to something you already do and celebrate those tiny wins, then let me know what happens, right? It's like simple as that. Let me know. Let me know if it actually works. Celebrate those. Let me see those celebrations. Like the stuff is absolutely amazing, right? Because we talked at the beginning, you don't, they're not really not, noticeable or notable, those small changes that you make every day, but over six months, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, they are noticeable. So you wanna make it really easy to win, anchor that behavior to something you already do and celebrate those tiny wins. Then let yourself know, let yourself know, let me know, let the world know that you're just crushing it. No, I'm just kidding, but really do um, let me know. I, I wanna hear and see all these tiny changes that you're making, these habits that you're forming, like that's beautiful stuff. Like that's the beautiful stuff of this community and I appreciate that. And so there are, there are seven, then we'll go over the seven steps. This is, again, this is BJ Fogg's work. There are seven steps in the behavior design process. Um, step one was really about what we did in, in the goals episode of, of episode 218, which clarified the aspiration. What do, you want, what do you want to achieve? What do you really want? Right? Really go back to that episode. Then you get really clear uh, on step number one. Step number two is explore behavior options. What can you do to actually achieve this aspiration? What's in your full control? Step number three, match with specific behaviors. What can you specifically do? Four, start tiny, super tiny, so small, too small to fail, super tiny, tiny, too small to fail. Number five, step five, find a good prompt. Connect it to something you already do. Connect it to something you already do. Number six, celebrate the success hack your brain's reward centers immediately and intensely. That's like me, that's like me, that's like me. Number seven, troubleshoot, iterate, and expand, right? Moment by moment by moment, then it's plus one, plus one, plus one, 1% better, 1% better, 1% better, boom, 10 years down the line, bang, that's what it is, right? And so that's BJ Fogg's idea. Now we'll step into some of James Clear's idea, which is the four laws of behavior change that drive these things, and so, the first law is your cue. Second law is craving. Third law is response. And the fourth law is, <clears throat> wow, is reward. And so if we're how to create a good habit, the first law would be make it obvious. The second law would make it attractive. The third law would be make it easy. And the fourth law would be make it satisfying. And then on the flip side, how to break a bad habit, first law would be make it invisible. Second law would be make it unattractive. Third law would be make it difficult. And fourth law would be make it unsatisfying. 
So let's go to law number one, which is the cue, which is if we're creating a good habit, which is make it obvious. James Clear tells us that we can use implementation intentions such as, I talked about these before, these are like algorithms, protocols, if-then statements. I will meditate first thing in the morning in my bedroom. So it's like, once I wake up, I will breathe. Once I wake up, I will take deep breaths. Once I wake up, I will take one mindful breath. So you can also make the cue obvious by designing your environment, right? Perhaps you could put the cushion you'll sit on on your way from your bed to your bathroom so you trip over it. That's obvious. Or if you want to work out, put out your gym clothes in the same spot, etc. All of these things have to make it obvious, which in line with the first law, which is cue, right? And then law number two is make it attractive. Think about all of the research that demonstrates the benefits you want. Right? You can also pair with something you really enjoy doing, like drinking a cup of coffee or tea after you meditate. Another good way, join a culture where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. Community is always a good idea when trying to create these new habits. Law number three, make it easy. Too small to fail. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Easiest way to make it easy, downscale your habits until they can be done in two minutes or less. Too small to fail. Too small to fail. And then um, law number four is make it satisfying. Give yourself an immediate reward after doing your new habit. Make it satisfying, celebrate, that's like me. James Clear also tells us to never miss twice. Never miss twice. And he recommends use a habit tracker, keep track of your habit streak, and don't break the chain. Little by little, day by day, 1%, one plus one plus one plus one. Okay, if you insert, insert your desired behavior, follow the four laws, um, and do the opposite for the stuff you wanna get rid of, right? And so let's walk through the stuff you wanna get rid of. Same idea, first you wanna make it invisible, not obvious. How? Remember to buy your willpower at the store. Buy your willpower at the store. In other words, don't buy the junk food and throw away what you have. Make it invisible, why? Well, it's obvious. Well, when it's obvious and in sight, what do you do? You eat it. So make it invisible. Again, we're talking about breaking bad habits. We just talked about how to create a good habit which is make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying. Now we're talking about the opposite, how to break a bad habit. First thing was make it invisible, make it invisible. Second is make it unattractive. Reframe your mindset, highlight the benefits of avoiding the bad habits. For example, imagine your energy stabilizing and your health optimizing because you're not eating as much junk food anymore. Reframe your mindset. Think about new alternatives and new adaptations and new things that will highlight the benefits of making this decision. It will not be easy, but this is the things that will help you um, while making it invisible, making it unattractive. Third is make it difficult, make it super fucking hard, right? If we're trying to create a new habit, we wanna make it too small to fail. If we wanna destroy a bad habit or erase a bad habit, break a bad habit, we wanna make it difficult, increase the friction. I talked about this with willpower at the store. By increasing the number of steps between you and your bad habits. For example, you need to drive to the grocery store to buy your junk food. If you don't wanna look at your phone right when you wake up in the morning, so you put your phone in the drawer in the living room that's four, that's four doors away from where you sleep, when you sleep or when you wake up, you're gonna be like, oh, I'm in bed, there's so much friction, it's really difficult to go get my phone, I might as well get up, take some deep breaths, move around, do some jumping jacks, brush my teeth, take a bathroom, wash my face, drink some element, and then maybe I'll grab my phone. So you're making it just a little more difficult, you're increasing the friction just a little bit, right, to um, break this bad habit. And fourth is make it unsatisfying. 
keep that reframe from above in mind and make the connection between you and potentially your spike, your crash in energy levels when you eat that junk food or how the phone makes you groggy before you wake up, right? Keep that reframe and make the connection, right? Make the connection. Again, so let's go over these one more time just to reiterate, right? How to create a good habit, make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying, how to break a bad habit, make it invisible, make it unattractive, make it difficult, make it unsatisfying. Very, very, very good stuff. And the whole point here, when we're really trying to create a new habit, when we're trying to create a new habit, we have to make it too small to fail, too small to fail. We're thinking about the anchor behavior celebration, right? When we're installing this new habit, we're making it too small to fail. Then we're thinking about these if this, then what statements. If I go to the bathroom, then I take a mindful breath. If I walk through a door, then I do one push up. Thinking about how can we anchor it? How can we anchor it to a pre-existing routine? We can have the small, too small to fail new behavior. We know that behavior equals motivation plus ability plus prompt. Right, so we have the anchor, we have the behavior, and then we celebrate. Instant celebration, create those positive emotions. That's like me, that's like me, that's like me. And then you have those um, laws of behavior change, which is cue, craving, response, and reward, which go right along with anchor, behavior, and celebration, making it too small to fail, right? Because again, like we said at the very, very beginning, which is very important, I will reiterate this just one more time. People do not decide their future. They decide their habits and their habits decide their future. You can simply change your entire life by changing what you do daily. And discipline is that bridge. Discipline is that bridge. Discipline is the root is the root of all good qualities, the driver of daily execution, the core principle that overcomes laziness and lethargy and excuses. Discipline defeats the infinite excuses that say, not today, not now, I need a rest, I'll do it tomorrow. What's the hack? How do you become stronger, smarter, faster, healthier? How do you become better? How do you achieve true freedom? There is only one way, the way of discipline. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I appreciate you and I'll see you next time. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to that very important episode about habits. What idea stood out to you the most? What idea resonated with you most deeply that you could implement into your life today starting right now? And if you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend because the podcast grows from people like you sharing it with people like you. And don't forget to leave us a rating or review on Spotify, Apple, or even on Good Pods. But the absolute best way to support this podcast is by becoming a supporter via Patreon. Patreon directly supports me, this podcast, and my mental health nonprofit called You Are Loved. So click the link in the show notes, scroll through all of the tiers, and see which ones might work best for you. And I appreciate your support in advance. Thank you very much. But most importantly, most importantly, above all else, please, please take good care of yourselves and others. And I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Cheers.